you know what? I also don't have a uh, title <laughs> for this podcast. Yeah, I think we called well, it something, didn't you? Like commission, commission. No, commissioner corner was the junkies. Yeah, commissioner's office. Yeah, that sounds that sounds right. Hold on, let me look it up. It's a, the Superflex City and County Commissioner's Office. It was so it was way too long. It was like comically long, and I kind of did that on purpose. Um, but now that we're here, <laughs> it kind of uh, it doesn't. It, I don't know. It's not quite as funny to me to have <laughs> to have well, to say that whole title. <laughs> Well, on my podcast app, it was literally just called Commissioner's Office. <laughs> All right, we'll go with that. We'll go with, we'll go with the yeah, the redacted version, the uh, yeah, the abbreviated version. If you're not into the whole brevity thing, I'm super flex, dude. That's Dynasty Outhouse, one of the absolute goats as a commissioner. So to get him on this second episode of. Com- commissioner's office, city and county, <laughs> Superflex City Commissioner's meeting, uh, is a is a real treat. And uh, Russ, we're gonna have you back many many times to uh, to help us out sorting through Superflex Dynasty and redraft a little bit. We'll still talk redraft. I mean, that's, that's still important. People still play a lot of redraft. I don't know why, uh, but we all do it. Because we have friends that don't want to make the jump and we feel bad leaving the leagues. Our friends run. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, people who just aren't even, they, they're they really just kind of programmed for, it, like they have a sleep timer, essentially. <laughs> like the, the they turn on in, in late August, early September, and then, yeah, it just automatically shuts off in January, regardless of uh, where we're at in the in the season. So, um, it, but we all have those people and, uh, we love them anyways. Um, so we're still going to talk to them, but yeah, this is primarily going to be dynasty focused. Uh, and, uh, it, this is going to be a recurring, uh, podcast on the Superflex city feed. And like I said, um, we're as, as long as we're talking commissioner stuff, we need to be talking with, the uh, proprietor of the trade addicts leagues. What are we up to? Eight now? Eight, yes. And hoping, hoping to keep it at that. But, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's me after all. So who the hell knows? Yeah, that ain't happening. I mean, at this point, it's like obviously a, sk- a Scott Fishbowl is kind of, you know, at the top of the pyramid. Um, but there's, you know, there's there's the eliminators and then there's the capitalist pigs and there's the kitchen sink leagues. And there's trade addicts like that's the, the, you know, those are those are the leagues that people want to be in. So there's always going to be a demand as long as you're willing to set them up. Once I start getting paid, there'll be more. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Someday I want the Superflex Super Show Vampire Leagues to uh, to fall into that category as well. Those are fun to set up. So Uh, so, being a vampire is so much fun, but that is absolutely something we are going to get into. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that is kind of the problem with vampire leagues, by the way, is the fact that like, it's a lot more fun for the vampires for everybody else. It's just, it's really just kind of a normal league other than that one week when you play against the vamp. But Let's not let's not do too many spoilers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a fun episode, and we'll get to that one. And uh, that one can be kind of a, a like a, a like you know kind of making adjustments to that league in real time. So that's going to be a fun one. Definitely got to have you back for that one. Something you've also learned in the past <laughs> two years. <laughs> yes, yes, and there's a lot more to come. Um, and some stuff that that I mean, I'm going to be talking with you about that one, whether it's on air or off air. So we might as well just hammer some stuff out on air when the time comes. But I mean, we need to start more with the basics right now of setting up a league. And again, you know, eight tra- trade addicts leagues. Um, what two do cartoon do gooders? Yes, two of them. Yeah. And I mean, I don't even know what else 
what the hell else you do? <laughs> like, I mean, those are the only leagues I chose to run. I have had other leagues thrust upon me to run, which I have a problem saying no. So yeah. I run a the Dynasty Diagnostic Championship League, which is a 48-team, four-division relegation league. Um, oh, and then everything else is pretty straightforward. But yeah, lots, lots and lots of leagues. <laughs> Man, uh, we we need to get relegation on our uh, on our list of topics. We've got this this sheet with just a huge list of topics to talk about um, for all you commissioners out there. And and honestly, I mean, it's for all fantasy players. All dynasty players should really uh, should really know this stuff and kind of kind of pay attention to this stuff. For one thing, I mean, I don't know about you, Russ, but like I've got some leagues where the commissioners, I mean. Uh, maybe maybe the nice way to say it is not super motivated. <laughs> I was going to say, don't hold back, because let's face it, bad commissioners make bad leagues. They could yeah. be great rules. It could be filled with great people. But if the person running it either doesn't know what they're doing or, like you said, isn't motivated or is just lazy, mm -hmm. leagues fall apart. That's It's just impossible to keep a league going when the person who's supposed to be running it, well, let's just say, isn't running it or running it well, because then yeah. everyone's just going to bail. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it, it. It like and it's and it's easy to spot, you know the the stuff that's just not common sense. Uh, that you know you've got stuff in your league that just doesn't make sense. On the first episode of this podcast, uh, me and Supa talked about trade deadlines. I mean, to me, this is like that. There's there's a time and a place for trade deadlines All right no come on man you are really getting into something that we are going to talk for an hour about so don't even <laughs> don't even say those words let's just move past it i know well, the the point being that like it deserves some thought at the very least it deserves some thought and if you have a commissioner who's not even willing to think about it not even willing to listen then i mean maybe it's time for you to start your own league that makes more sense and uh, that's going to be the goal is to make sure that you've got all the tools to either, you know, quality check the leagues that you're in, uh, whether you're the commissioner or not, or start your own leagues uh, that, uh, you know, with more common sense rules and settings and, and judgments and whatnot. So um, we're going to start there with setting up a new league, uh, just kind of the general setup. And, and, um, <laughs> I, I don't think that we're going to disagree a whole lot on a lot of this stuff. Uh, but, uh, you know, there there's some slight variations. There's a discussion to be had on some of this stuff. So, actually, you tell me, because we also want to talk about bylaws. Where, where, to you as a commissioner, where do you start? Do you write the bylaws or do you set up the league? Well, let's let's first talk... As it's not me, let's talk about someone who is setting up a league for the first time. Or mm -hmm. I guess, yeah, no, let's stick with that. Let's just let's talk about how you put your league together in general, because it's wonderful to believe that you're coming into this saying, This is the league I want with this many teams. These are the rules. Hey, look, I have my bylaws. Like that's like that, like, that's a dream scenario in most cases. But it usually doesn't happen unless, you know, you're making trade addicts two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I mean, one didn't work out that easily. You know, there was some work involved. So I want to say the two ways I have created leagues are one, kind of like I just said, you have your league, you have the idea, you know what you want, you create it, and then you fill it. You find 11, 13, whatever, however, that's another question we'll get to later, other teams to fill that league. Or I have also had two or three people that I know I wanted to be in a league with. Uh, we were joking about, you know, redraft people not wanting to make the jump. I had two or three friends that were ready and they wanted to have a bit of control of the league as well because they wanted to just sub like, submerge themselves into it. So I'm like, cool. We formed a, you know, Google Hangout and we just started talking. And since I was the one who you know, knew what they were doing. I sort of just, I did kind of this. I threw the ideas out and let them talk about it. So what we did was we had a couple of people, a committee, if you will, and we sort of talked it over about what we wanted this league to be and what we wanted to be involved. Um, like I fought to get it to be super flex, but again, these people are new. So of course, one QB won the argument, but it's that kind of thing where 
you're not coming in knowing what you want to do. You're coming in knowing who you want to play with, and then you figure it out from there. So I think those are really the two ways that are smart enough to make a league to put it together. Because if you try and do every aspect of a league by like a poll, <laughs> or you know, if you're taking 10 people's opinions into account when you're trying it's never going to happen the biggest lesson you need to learn as a commissioner is you're never going to make everybody happy so get that in your head from the beginning don't don't try and get the whole league to create the rules either by yourself and then bring people in or get a small group of people make the rules and then fill the rest Like, like i feel like that's the best part best place to start when talking about putting a league together and realistically i mean that's just how people do it (laughs) you know at the end of the day you're you know when you're motivated to start this new league you've got this this cool idea this cool new concept and you want to put a league together or you know you just maybe your league imploded maybe just you know people just kind of said man i want to i need another dynasty league i need another super flex dynasty league all my dynasty leagues are one qb and i'm ready for some dynasty super flex so i can try the quarterback extreme strategy and uh prove john wrong (laughs) 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 that i I, i'm kind of working through some stuff um all of a sudden but yeah i mean you know when when you make that decision honestly like when you're that motivated you're not gonna sit down and bust out the bylaws (laughs) first you're gonna put this thing together you're gonna fill this league Somebody's going to complain that you don't have bylaws and that's when you're going to write them. But, you know, it's, it's going to start with the creation of the league. So let's, uh, yeah, maybe we just start there then. Um, and I mean, to you and, and again, I think this, you know, this being a super flex discussion here in super flex city probably kind of changes some of this a little bit, but number of teams, well, like, what's your preferred number of teams for a super flex dynasty league? I feel like it's got to be 12. Um, mm-hmm. Because uh, minimum, I should say, minimum of 12. We have the Dynasty Trades HQ one listener league is 16 team super flex. Yeah. It's intense. <laughs> let me yeah. just let me just say that's intense. 12 to 14, like 14 is 12 is the let's just create a super flex league and have some fun. 14 team super flexes. Let's make this challenging. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I feel like that's what you want to sit down and figure out. If you're making it 10, you might as well be 2QB, right? Because there's three QBs for every team, you know, unless you're John and draft, you know, five <laughs> in the first five rounds anyway. But at, at least it sort of works out that way. Because, like, if you're doing an 8 10 team, uh, are you ever. There's just too many quarterbacks. It it's it's just not valuable enough to really do it. But once you hit 12, I think it absolutely does because I'm going to say something. I, I don't know if you want to take your headphones off for a second while I say this. Uh-oh. In a 12 team league, you don't necessarily need to have a quarterback in your super flex spot if you have a strong enough team otherwise. Uh-oh. I this uh, this is very tentative statement. I told you to take your headphones off. <laughs> you knew I wasn't going to do it right when you said that. So but the, I had the to further you go, the harder it's going to get. Like it's so much more of an advantage in fourteen and sixteen team to have that second quarterback. Which is why I said if you want to make it more challenging, you go up in teams. But for Superflex, the sweet spot is twelve for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I think that's about right. Like I, I'm, I'm in a 16 team uh, Superflex league hosted by um, JD, the goat, goat district, and uh, I mean the only quarterbacks I have. I, I mean I've got Jacob Eason on taxi, but beyond that, it's it's Philip Rivers and it's Jared Goff. And my God, I hate life. i can't i can't deal with it me especially i just can't deal with it but there was just no other way you're gonna have to tank a year and somehow get the 101 102 to pick up two quarterbacks in a year where there's worth two two worthwhile quarterbacks (laughs) yeah yeah and and i mean like i ended up with a balanced roster in that league but yeah i mean that's that's kind of what it's going to take and and it takes a lot longer to rebuild a team that doesn't have quarterbacks in a 16 teamer. Yep. So man, like, I mean, you're, you're really just kind of buying the 
the you're paying the buy-in for several years trying to get that thing fixed. So, uh, it, I mean, it's definitely challenging if you're one of those people who, you know, does like 5,000 piece jigsaw puzzles, that's kind of the equivalent, but yeah. uh, you know, it's for me, it's, it's, it's too much. Um, well, I have, I just, I was making my playoff push and traded for Matt Ryan. So I might have your struggle soon depending on what the Falcons do, but no, we're not talking strategy. That's not the point of this. Um, so yes, prefer. And I will say, well, if you wanted to do 10 teams, my answer to that is we'll get to a little later, make your starting lineups larger. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally I, again, this is a little bit of a spoiler because we're not, we're probably not going to get to starting lineups this league. I usually start around 10 people in a 12 team league, but I do have one 10 team league where we start 12 or 13 people just because since your teams are going to be less cond- well, more condensed because there's less other teams to pick up those players, you might as well have a deeper starting lineup. So if you either A, can't fill 12 teams, or for some reason you just, like, that's what you want. You want a 10-team league. My recommendation would be to add a flex spot or two so you make it so everyone doesn't have such a great team because the obvious statement the less teams you have the better teams are going to look yeah so here's i i just want to throw a hypothetical at you i don't want to try not to spend a ton of time on this but it's man it's so hard not to <laughs> hey it's a series man we don't need to do this all in one show so very keep it coming. very true yeah definitely so yeah let's 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 just get to it so you know you you came up with the the idea for this league this super flex league and kind of put it out there on Twitter, who's interested, and 15 other people came to you. So you could potentially do a 16-team league. You know, so, uh, and here we are saying, you know, 16 teams, super flex is, is nuts. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's expert level um, settings on that. So, I mean, the, uh, the other possibility would be two copies, yeah. of each player but in that you know obviously you're basically turning that into an 18 type of player pool yeah that's I, that's what it's funny and i fell victim to this too when i was first starting into dynasty and all this because i mean you're not you don't really have 16 team two divisions of eight redraft leagues i mean you don't i don't i've never saw that before i came into this community so like I see a 48 team team league and I'm like, Oh my God, what the, uh, 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 what happened? <laughs> and, and then you start to realize that there are four different player pools. There's a player pool for each division, in which case it's just four 12 team leagues linked together. Mm-hmm. So um, when you're starting to think along the lines you were, it's like, should I just split this up into two separate league, you know, divisions, put them together, make it a two copy league. I mean, if you want to allow cross division trading, that's one thing. Because if you literally make it a two-copy league, then waivers and trades can go anywhere. It doesn't; they're not separated. Um, so that is that makes it a little bit different because you lose a little bit of an advantage with the top end guys because you could be playing Mahomes against Mahomes in your own division, which usually having Mahomes is like the advantage, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, still, just re- keep that in mind when you're setting this up that you are still going to sort of fall back into what you were trying not to do in the first place. And that is create this small cluster of like of awesome teams. Yeah. Uh, even if you can cross trade in all of that, because really what it comes down to is you're not going to start a lot of very good people purely because you really just kind of have eight teams in a division. Yeah. Yep. And it's, it's going to make the scores crazy high every week and it's going to look weird and you know it, it, it it's definitely it, and here's the thing like all of this stuff is is still somewhat subjective like there's yeah. kind of like the trade deadline you know there's there's a time and a place there's still strategy involved with that like there's it, there's there's still some very specific strategy with an eight team league or mm-hmm. you know in a, like a an eight team league like player pool um same as with a 16 team league there's you know there's still some strategy to that it can still be fun um it's just there's like there's there's kind of a sweet spot 
you know, as far as like um, the the overall game and in all the facets of the game, roster setting, you know, waivers, trades, the draft itself, you know, all of this stuff can can there's there's kind of a sweet spot where you maximize the you know kind of the the, the power and the activity with yeah. each of those different facets. Yeah, we should have prefaced this entire show or whatever the hell we're series that we're doing with. John and I and all of the other people that are going to end up showing up on here are going to be giving our opinions. And that's all this is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, we have a very, str- a very strict no league shaming policy. Do what makes you happy. That is literally the point of this game. It is a game. So do what you want. Just because we are just kind of like going, at eight team leagues. If that's what you want, more power to you. Go have fun. So I want to throw that in there. But what we are trying to do is, A, just give you all the ideas we have in our heads in case you didn't know any of this. And B, try and come to a bit of consensus on like what John was saying, that sweet spot, that exact spot that gets in the middle of fun and competitive. And I mean, there should be a little bit of difficulty, right? Like if it was easy... My, I have a seven-year-old son who gets mad when games are hard. He's like, I just like it when it's easy. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't under what I, what, and then I'm just going, whatever makes you happy, bud. Good for you. Um, yeah. But like for non-seven-year-olds with ridiculous ADHD, you, you want a little bit of a challenge. So like, that's why we are saying what we believe and what we think the good spot is, because even if it's outside of your comfort zone, hopefully hearing to such well-respected beautiful people are saying that we believe our preference are may help you step out of your comfort zone a little bit yeah yeah exactly and yeah again i mean like i i i i think there's that sweet spot as far as you know every every facet every aspect of this of this game kind of working together but you don't have to have that no, absolutely. That's not a requirement. And in fact, I mean, I think that that kind of segues to the next piece. I, I mean, for us, 12 team leagues, you mm-hmm. know, that's 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 where you can kind of maximize the strategy. There are different ways to handle every single position, um, you know, on on uh, in your lineup and in your roster. So um, and, you know, I think that that's maximized at, at 12 teams, but you know, you can also mess around with, like you said, the size of the, of your starting lineup and also just the size of your roster in general to kind of compensate for, for the number of teams. And you kind of do that anyways, you know, you can kind of manipulate the activity, um, the, in the, again, the different facets of this, of this game, you can kind of manipulate it with, and and roster size is what I would like to use here as the example, mm-hmm. um, because to me, I love I, I love playing the waivers. I love being a week ahead of people on on you know the on the breakout player Travis Fulgham, Darnell Mooney. Hey man, next week waiver. this week saved me. Exactly. Got, definitely got me a couple of wins in my leagues. Yeah, I love that segment. I wish that I could find a better way to do that every single week. Um, I mean, this was just kind of a down year. <laughs> this, yeah. was, this was kind of a lick my wounds type of year, but, um, you know, going forward, I would like to use that one more, but like, that's a big part of my game. That's one of my strengths is playing the waivers. I'm not good at trading. You know that you've, you've destroyed me in some trades before and you've walked away just like pulling your hair out after at the, we both left happy with what was on our teams. And that's, what's the True. important part, but True. no, come on. You're walk, you're, you're stepping away from your very good transition. Yeah. What, so what do you find is your sweet spot of roster sizes? And since we said our sweet spot in roster in yeah. teams is 12. So if we, if you're starting up a 12 team league, what would your roster size be? So in, in, <laughs> It, it it's a little bit tough because so for me a smaller roster you know somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to 24 players on roster um basically you know we call it 10 starters and 10 to 14 bench spots mm-hmm. and then you know smaller taxi squads smaller ir stuff like that that leaves 
the waiver's more fertile. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is like the the problem with it is there's less opportunity to trade. There's less room to trade. Um, you know, when it becomes like if I'm if I'm gonna make a two for if I'm if I'm gonna trade, you know, w- one guy away for two younger guys, one stud for two younger guys. Now I have to drop somebody to make room for those two. And in a smaller, with smaller rosters like that, I'm dropping a pretty rosterable player a lot of times. So, and I, I know that you're kind of the opposite. Like you, you prefer the larger rosters um, so that there's less on waivers in the way that you <laughs> fix your rosters by trading. Yeah. So, uh- I it's well it's funny because in the trade addicts leagues we have 32 man rosters and that got that got away from me (laughs) Um, (laughs) it when I was setting up one it was originally going to be 28 because I don't like waivers a because I forget about them a lot and b (laughs) because I am just not very good at knowing who to pick up when like that deep down so and like you said the (laughs) the way I'm better at fixing my team is by trading as opposed to picking up the right people um Below 25 is so tough for me. Like I, I'm in, I'm in capitalist picks one, which is technically 14 teams. Superflex, you only get 20 active roster spots. Oh wow! Like the point of those leagues is to create activity. Like, like he, you know, Scott Fish says that from the beginning. I want waiver wire action every single week. I want you to be moving people to your taxi squad into your IR up from both. Like he wants all of that stuff to be happening. And that is absolutely a way to do it. That is not the way I want to do it. But (laughs) I, because the thing is to me, I want to be able to, okay. So let me put it this way. If you are giving me a 20, 20 man roster, I better have a damn big taxi squad. Um, <laughs> but like to me, what's what's the difference of like, you know, larger rosters or a taxi squad? That is an argument we'll get into later, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. I like having, especially like with how crappy tight end, the tight end position is in general. I like having a bunch of them on my team. And that takes up a lot of space. And I know we build teams a little similarly. Like I like having my core of wide receivers. And then I like having like 15 running backs because I never know what's going to go on with the running, the crappy running backs I have on my team. So, you know, that's a nice cycle I like to have. And while yes, it makes it harder. It makes me need to be better if we have smaller rosters and I have to decide who to drop. I just hate making those decisions. And damn it, if it's my league, I'm not going to make myself make decisions if I don't have to. So, so my my ideal roster is a little larger, and it, it is honestly for the to combat the exact reason why you like smaller rosters. So, this is one of those decisions you have to. It's not just about how many players are on a team like that. That's really not what this is about. This is about where do you want your activity to come from? Where do you want your team building to come from? If you want an active waiver wire which if you're just coming from redraft you're so used to that because what you have 17 15 17 roster size roster in most redrafts Mm -hmm. so even going to like 20 22 is going to seem crazy in the first place but even you'll you'll quickly find yourself saying that i don't think that often you're going to be cycling your bottom because you want those young guys and you want to have that trying to think of like random young guy that went nuts we didn't think would like a couple of years ago, Kenny Galladay drafted in the third, like on a 20 man roster may have been on the wire. Like, mm-hmm. but like, so it's really, where do you want the activity to come from? Do you want more trades? Which is why I have larger rosters in the trade addicts leagues, because to churn the bottom of your rosters, it's very hard to do on the wire. So you have to switch around with other people or do you want the wire? In which case you get, smaller rosters and even if you did want that and again like i mentioned in the pigs leagues if you aren't new and you know the idea behind taxi squads and if you want to use irs for more than just people on ir or even like i don't know what the ir rule is going to be going forward in the nfl if they're going to keep this three week thing oh, or God, i hope not i know it's horrible for fantasy but like if it is that's going to create a lot of movement on your ir squads also mm-hmm. so it, it again no wrong answer. Just figure out where you want the movement to come from. 
and how yeah. you want it to work. And that's how you sort of pick your your roster limits. I will say, like, there's FFPC leagues, which, like, you have, like, that 15, 17 in, in a dynasty league, and that breaks my brain. I just don't understand it. I don't, <laughs> like, it's, dynasty means you don't just keep your starting lineup. You need to, to like, you're not developing players. I mean, let's put that out there. These, these are just names in a computer. But, like, you keep these guys in hopes that you pick the right ones. So I like having the space to have that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, and honestly, that's a big part of the, the waiver wire too, you know, the ability to find these guys mm -hmm. ahead of time and then just kind of stash them until they're actually useful. Like that's so much of what dynasty is. I, I, if we were stuck with the same players every single year, I mean, um, you know, with, without the ability to kind of farm the, those younger players, Man, like this, uh, honestly, this this game would be just w way too impossible for me. I can boring is really what it comes down to. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, without the movement, without any of that, you're literally just like, oh, all right, this is my team. That's never going to change. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. It would be soul sucking. It would be, you know, get Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins and and just you know, never never change anything like there's there's no real value in in older players there's no real value in rookie wide receivers it just yeah that would be that'd be pretty horrible so i i mean i, I think that for me my you know the the flaw is if we're looking for kind of a, a balance between waivers and trades i mean mine's not balanced like as much as, you know, I, I, you know, with my 20, you know, 20 roster spots, um, plus, you know, limited IR limited, uh, taxi squads, you know, there's, there's a lot on waivers, mm -hmm. but it's hard to trade. Like I said, there's not a whole lot of room on your roster to make trades and it almost has to be, you know, one for one, two for two, like it's gotta be balanced on each side. And so it kind of kills trading, you know, so my, my smaller rosters kind of hurt trading. And like I said, if our goal is for equal parts waivers and trades, I mean, I'm certainly not achieving well, that. I mean, you got 22, I got 28. Let's just get <laughs> somewhere in the middle and we got what? 25 is sweet spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I guess my question is, I, I mean, hypothetically that, that sounds like the sweet spot. But I mean, I think that there's more to it. And and I mean, maybe this is just a totally different episode, but I mean, we've got the trade addict here. Mm -hmm. uh, it feels like this is the right place for this conversation. Does it work? Like, does it, does, you know, your bigger rosters, does that really trade, you know, drive trade activity the way you were hoping for? Does it, I, obviously it trades, it, it drives trades more than my approach. Um, but does it, does it accomplish what you want it to accomplish? The real answer to any conversation about activity is it comes down to the people in your league. Uh, but yes, it, I, I believe it does because in most leagues of like 20 man rosters, like Darnell Mooney probably isn't going to be on someone's roster. You know, these lower guys who might score a couple of points and then next year if Allen Robinson does move on we'll get a larger role and stuff like that so these lower end guys that might not that you like to be on the wire for just such purposes it does help like I man I wish I could remember the trade oh um I because trade addicts league we don't have deadlines um I just traded Darnell Mooney for Wayne Gallman because Wayne Gallman is scoring points right now. He'll probably be worthless next year. Darnell Mooney will probably have more value than he does next year. So we were able to swap these pieces that neither of us really need on our, from our team. We didn't need, we, you know, I wanted to compete that other guy wanted to build his team up. So like, it really does help move these lower end guys. Like if I didn't have, if I had a 20 man limit roster, Right now, Wayne Gallman is going to be owned because he's scoring points right now. But mm -hmm. if I'm in the playoffs 
and I don't have that bottom of my roster, I literally have nothing to trade away. Because if that's the case, I am holding people that I believe will get me points. And especially in a year like 2020, well, we've been we've been pretty good most of the year, but like in the early in the beginning of the season with the Titans and with the Ravens a couple of weeks ago, you need that depth and you need that depth of people who are going to score points. So I wouldn't be able to be holding these guys on my team. So mm-hmm. I think, yes, I think having those larger rosters with like, it's funny to call them developmental guys because, again, you're not doing any of the developing. But, like, to have these developmental guys on the bottom <laughs> of your roster, <laughs> like, to move, to be able to move them. So, yes, I, I firmly do believe that having larger rosters, having more of those kind of guys spread around the league help with the moving around. And you also have the guys that, man, Trinetics won. There's two teams where I don't think they have a guy over 26 on their team like from the startup no less like they just drafted so freaking young so when they see another team has a young guy they're like oh, i need to get that so like and again that creates activity because we have the sized rosters to be able to pull that kind of stuff off and like you said trades don't need to, you don't always have to decide who to drop when you're doing a two for one or something like that like it's not a painful decision to drop someone which again if you want that more power to you. I just hate making decisions. So I did not, I do not like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So one way that people kind of, uh, you know, try and mitigate both of these things, try and balance these things out a little bit is with positional limits. Um, you know, essentially, and I I've got several leagues where, um, I, I mean, they might as well just call it the, the super flex dude rule. I know yeah. that that's what they're fucking doing (laughs) where they allow three quarterbacks on roster they allow four quarterbacks on roster whatever either way i mean it's well below my you know my my personal comfort level um and the idea being you can't hoard the quarterback position and and you know people do it with all positions but quarterback is the most common so that's kind of the example that we'll use here but the idea is Um, you know, there, that, that leaves more quarterbacks available on waivers so that you don't have to trade with John Hogue at John Hogue's price point. It's such bullshit, but they do it. They do it. And, uh, they sleep well at night somehow, but I mean, like, I, I, I mean, in theory, like it, it, it works, you know, they're these backup quarterbacks that come along like Nick Foles was on waivers in a lot of these leagues for a long time. Andy Dalton was on waivers. Alex Smith was on waivers. Now all these guys are starting NFL quarterbacks, you know, well, Foles was Um, the, you know, so, and they were able to go pick those guys up for free rather than trading, you know, for one of my guys trading for Kyler Murray from me and having to pay an absolute ransom instead they got to just drop the guy off the end of their bench but it but it works you know <laughs> like i'm i'm putting i'm putting kind of a spin on this because i obviously i don't like it but it does work yeah. um but I, I i'm curious about your feelings on it as somebody who's not quite as uh staunch on the the quarterback hoarding well, my thing about being a commissioner is you are, let me think of a good way to work this. You're a watchmaker. How about this? That that horrible, horrible, cliched analogy. You're a watchmaker. You put the watch together and then you make sure it runs. You aren't there to make it fair. You aren't there to tell people how to run their teams. That's what roster, that's what positional limits is to me. You're telling people how to run their teams. Like if if you can't, if you, John Hogue, want six quarterbacks on your team, it's my job as a GM to make sure that doesn't happen. It's my job as a GM to make sure I talk to everyone else in the league. And I'm like, look, I know this guy. This is what he's <laughs> going to do. If you want to stop him from getting six quarterbacks and having to pay that price later, draft, draft quarterback. quarterback. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And again, like it goes back to like what you're saying before and what we said before, do what you want to do. That's what makes you happy. If you want that waiver wire action, you know, put a three quarterback limit on a team and see the craziness that's going to happen 
when Andy Dalton has to start. Mm -hmm. I mean, that that can be fun, like seeing someone blow their entire uh, free agent budget or their first waiver priority on Mike Lennon. Like, it's just like vomitous, but it's something you have to do, right? Uh, so it, it's how you want to play the game. But me personally, I... I don't I always try and make sure what I'm about to say doesn't sound mean because I hate the thought of people thinking I'm not nice. Um, but that's not the commissioner's job in my mind to protect people. I had a first time commissioner who was his first dynasty league, and he didn't allow trading during the startup because he was afraid people wouldn't understand value and would ruin their teams, hate it and quit. And I just said, well, that's on them, isn't it? If they don't have the foresight to find a trade calculator, they don't have the foresight to find a forum to ask questions and all of this stuff, maybe they shouldn't be doing this. Maybe they need to try something else. Like To me, it is literally the commissioner's job to set up the league and make sure it doesn't fall apart for any reason. And babying people takes away fun. I mean, it's really the best way I could think to put it. You know, putting on positional limits, restricting weird things like no trading during the startup and stuff like that. Like, because that's not even a trade deadline. That's literally just saying you can't have fun at this point in time. Yeah. Uh, so, and I mean, the only way to learn from making bad trades is to make more. And you'll never know what a bad trade is until you start trading. And what's the difference if I screw up my team 30 seconds after I draft it or if it's while I'm drafting it? Right. Like I tried all of these arguments and he just was like, oh, I just don't want people to hate it. I'm like, dude, you're making me hate it. So, I mean, I guess I don't, I guess I don't matter to you. Uh, and yes, that league fell apart in a year and a half. Um, so that's, that's my feeling. That's why I kind of don't like positional limits, like especially, and it's not just quarterbacks. Like we're making, we're sticking so close to quarterbacks because this is the super flex city, but we both hate running backs. <laughs> so <laughs> the way we build our team is we have our very strong core of wide receivers. And then we have every backup running back in the league in case, not in case for when the starter gets hurt. Yep. If you can only tell me I could have five running backs, I'm screwed and I'm not going to build the team the way I like, and I'm not going to like what I'm doing. And of course that, that is a little bit on me because I should have known that coming into the league and we'll, get to buy well we're going for about 40 minutes right so i don't know if we're gonna get to bylaws this show or you'll get to it next time i knew this coming in so that's sort of my fault but do you want to build a league that just restricts fun is what it comes down to to me which is why i don't like positional limits because i think it's i don't think you want to restrict anything yeah yeah give them yeah i was yeah. trying to find more way to end that sentence but no i think that was the end of the sentence like you don't really want to restrict yeah movement activity anything like that's the point of the game is to make people active so why stop that yeah exactly i mean you the more the more autonomy you give them the more likely you know the longer this league is going to last that's kind of the bottom line you know so yeah i mean the the more option like in in someday we're going to get into starting lineups as well but i mean it it extends there too absolutely to, like the more flex positions you give them and, 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 you know, this is a trade addicts thing as well. I believe there's, you know, it requires one starter at every position mm -hmm. and the rest is, is flex. And it's a, it's a decent sized lineup. It's like 10 or 11. It's 10. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's mostly flex. Yeah. It's most of, most of my lineups are two quarterbacks, one running back, one tight end, and the rest are wide receivers. Because that's that's just me. That's how I build my teams. But mm -hmm. you have guys like Swags who just flip the running back and wide receivers. Like, he'll have two wide receivers, and then, like, 18... I know you can only start 10, but he still somehow has 18 running backs in the starting lineup. Because, <laughs> like, again, let players play how you like. Because, again, I could really speak best to what I like it hurts trading if you're going to tell me I can't have these people because then we go back to the small rosters where it's like, oh, well, if I could only have five running backs, but I want to send two, but I want to send one and get two. So I have to either trade this wide receiver or drop that tight end. And again, if you want to make your league, make people make those tough decisions, 
Mm. We, I'm glad I helped you find that way. I hate those decisions, so I'm yeah. not making myself do them. Uh, you know, again, I'm going to make my leaks to make me happy. And if you want to join, more power to you. Right. Uh, but that's why, yeah, I, I am not for positional limits on rosters. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, and, and again, like there is some strategy involved there. It's, you know, it's similar to the NFL. I mean, they've, they they kind of have positional limits. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's similar to uh, like a salary cap. Um, you know, you have to make those decisions about, you know, what type of player can I afford to roster? Um, so it like, like there is strategy to it. It's just, yeah, ultimately I, I, I don't, I don't subscribe to the idea that you, you legislate strategy in mm-hmm. by restricting, you know, people's abilities. Um, yeah. it, it's, it's, there's like you, you can really kind of, you know, by by limited limiting your your reach as a commissioner, limiting the amount of legislation, um, you know, small government here, uh, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, interesting that that's uh, that's my my politics when it comes to fantasy football because it's kind of the opposite in real life. Yeah. But like, you know, the 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 less you do, the more value your entire league has because there are so many more ways to, you know, to accomplish the same goal. Essentially. There's so many different ways for you to, you know, build your lineup or build your roster, set your lineup. So, um, yeah, I don't, I, I, I really do want to get to bylaws with you at some point. We probably don't have time to do it today. It would basically, it would either be, Talk about something, talk about bylaws, which, uh, you know, it, it's a, it's important that we talk about it, but if we're being honest, it's also a little bit boring. <laughs> I mean, but it's, it's absolutely something that's important. Yeah. Um, okay. No, the bylaws yeah. will be quick. Let's do it. We're going to do this now. I've decided uh, <laughs> nice. because if I go upstairs, I'm going to have to do some chores and I don't feel like doing it. Um, yeah. So we really only have two things listed. Well, what goes into bylaws? That's a heavy subject for one line. I was going to say we only have two lines. Um, But after you create the idea of the league you want, put it in writing. Mm -hmm. And it's going to this part of this leads into a different discussion. Um, I forgot where I put it on this sheet we created. But how much of the rules do you need set up before you start bringing people in? Mm -hmm. And I think let's see. I think really you just want probably the stuff we've talked about. Like even scoring is a little debated like you probably should, but I think just set up you know starting roster like so we didn't even talk about that. So no. You need to talk, you know, we need a few more episodes before we really can decide what and when and all of that stuff, but as much as humanly possible, you want written out in paragraph form. Um, the only I only run dynasty leagues, and I only play dynasty on my fantasy league. Uh, mm-hmm. Personal preference, more power to you if you like the other ones. That's just that's what I prefer. Um, there's the settings page on my fantasy league where it lists things out. You know, starting limit ten, uh, starting rosters ten, roster limit this, IR this, taxi squad this. People scroll past through that way too fast, and it's not always in the order that makes sense to read it. So on that page, there's an additional... I can't remember what the other word after that is, but like additional rules, additional settings, that's the word, additional settings, where you can type it out, and like that's where I copy and paste my bylaws. It's a lot easier to comprehend when you put things out in paragraph form. Mm -hmm. And that's why I... And also there's stuff that you can't put in the settings of of MFL, um, like who gets into the playoffs and stuff like that. Like all of this stuff you need laid out because when you do start to find people, you want to be like, hey, this is the league I'm running. Are you interested? Because especially I know later we're going to get into different kinds of leagues where we brought up the Vampire League and 
you know, there's many, many other kinds of specialty leagues. You want to have that written out. You don't want to have to think of how to explain it to people, every person you talk to about joining your league, because you're, if you're lucky, every person you ask is going to say yes. Yeah. Probably not going to happen. So like, do you really want to be like, okay, well, this is the deal, this and this and that and this and this and that, and then answer everybody's questions as you're trying to talk. You're going to forget something and someone's going to get pissed off at that one thing you forgot. So it's best to always have things in writing. Type it all out as you're doing it and make it so it's... I almost said legible, but that's not right. Like, make sure it, it reads like a paragraph. You're not just bullet pointing. Like, actually write it out so people can understand as they're going. I really just think that's the best way to get across what you want for your league to be when you give it to other people. Because part of what you're putting, of what I put in my bylaw, it put in my bylaws, what you should put in yours, probably the first paragraph should be league intent mm -hmm. like when i first started pulling like asking people if they want to be in trade addicts at this point i do it randomly like yeah i pick people off a list and i use a random number generator but that's for another topic you know how, who you let in your league and stuff like that i would always dm the person because usually it's on twitter and i'll just be like look trade addict leagues they're pretty cheap and that's on purpose. The point of these leagues is fun, 100% fun. If you're about to reply to me with, well, winning is fun, then I'm sorry, this isn't the league for you. <laughs> because that's, yes, there's money involved. You want to win, and absolutely. But the point of this league isn't to find every loophole, which is, again, why you want everything worded out in paragraphs so it kind of covers loopholes as much as possible, and so you can add stuff in more easily. But like, you want to let people know what the point of your league is. And put out the intent of the league and that will also save you later for when someone tries to take advantage of some sort of loophole because at the end what you're going to put in all of your bylaws is what we call the best interest clause i'm not going to take credit for creating this but i it was probably scott fisher ryan mcdowell let's face it because they're the, the og commissioners right um you want to put in there that as the commissioner, you have the best interest of the league in mind, and you have the right to make decisions based on those best interests. And that's a way to cover up people that are trying to be jerks, even though you said in that first paragraph, the point of this league is for fun. Yeah. And I would, I would add to that, like the three, and so here's the thing. I like, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of like step-by-step. Step, here's how you here's how you write out your bylaws. They should all look the same. They should all have the same things involved. I mean, like I, I I'm, I'm not that detailed, you know, mm -hmm. I like, and, and I also just like the ability to kind of change things on the fly. Um, but like for the vampire league, I have, I don't have bylaws. I have a league overview yeah. and I, you know, I think that it's, that it's served the same purpose um, and, and still gives me some flexibility Mm -hmm. um, you know, to, to kind of change things up and, and like, it's, it's just kind of like anything else in fantasy football, you know, get down how you get down. Like if yep. that's it, if that's how you commission, if you're not one of those people who can just sit down and bust out an entire constitution, league constitution, I don't think that you have to. What I do think though, is that there are three things that are very important to have in there. That best interest clause is crucial. I think, um, you know, pointing out that this is a this is a spirit of the law, not a letter of the law. League. That's very good wording. Very good wording. Yeah. So, you know, it, because you're going to have somebody in your league chasing loopholes. Yep. That just every single league has that guy. Um, and you need to be able to say, all right, it's not in the freaking bylaws, man. But yeah, this is like, <laughs> you know, that that's what this league is trying to do. Yeah. Right. So that that one needs to go in there. And the third is just this is a living document. This is not, you know, we're not done writing these bylaws. We're not done, you know, writing out these rules. We reserve the right to keep adding to this and improving this league. And honestly, if you're in this league, you should want that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't want this. You don't want us to have to just stick to whatever the hell we wrote you know, five years ago and 2020 is a perfect example of this. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> if somebody, 
if somebody was a stickler for the rules based on what was written five years ago, 2020 would be an absolute shit show and everybody would be quitting your league right now. What's really funny is have you checked the trade addicts bylaws lately? And no. I purpose, I purposely left this in. Um, we have a lot. Okay. Whether you allow tanking or not, that's up to you, but collusion should pretty much always kind of be a no, no, <laughs> yeah. um, assuming you have a straightforward league. Some leagues are built to allow it, but in mine, um, um, I say collusion is absolutely not allowed. Trades are trades. I'm absolutely no hashtag never veto, but yep. let's keep it reasonable. And this is the exact wording of my bylaws. If you're doing something like Antonio Brown for a fourth, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. And I refuse to change that because right now, well, maybe not right now, but like right a couple of months ago, you probably could have gotten Antonio Brown for a fourth. And that's why I thought it was hilarious to leave it. And that's why just like saying I was sort of like using my silliness to like back you up. Like if you have specific examples, you're going to need to update them because someday if you use a specific player, that that valuation is going to be out of date. If you <laughs> use a player, if you set your league up like six years ago and use Julio Jones, Good for you because that's still going strong. But like, uh, you need to keep your eye on what you wrote and check in on, like, at least after every season, check in on it. And like John says, it's a living document. Update things, even if you're not changing the rules. Like, sometimes there's wording you find you need to change because you saw someone do something once and it was like that close to being not cool. So you're like, "Mm, let me just change that wording a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or I mean, sometimes they'll kind of go a step beyond and you're like, all right, we need to, we need to tie that one off. (laughs) We can't can't have that happening all the time anymore. So yeah, like you, you just need to reserve the, the right to, to change those things as they come up. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that's pretty important. Um, I mean, I, now that we're on bylaws though, I, I don't want to abandon it without being thorough. So Um, I, instead, I think, uh, I'm going to take us a little over time. Uh, but I, I mean, those to me, like I said, those are the three musts. I don't know that there's anything else that absolutely has to be in writing. Um, you know, like there's obviously, you know, settings, league nuance, stuff like that. You really should have that stuff in writing, but those three things are the only things to me that you absolutely have to put down. Um, yeah. I mean, some things just make it easier. Um, yeah. Let me, like, I just pulled mine up. Let's see. I have the buy-in, the payouts, um, the size of the league, roster size, taxi squad, IR, starting limit. I was far too lazy to type out the scoring rules, so I just put a link. <laughs> like, this, this is the score, so the scoring. Go look at it. Uh, taxi squad rules, IR rules, uh, how many teams make the playoffs and who those teams are. Um, I have a toilet bowl in mind, so it's those rules. Uh, waiver rules, trading rules, um, rookie draft order, anti-tanking inclusion. Um, oh, if there's a team that needs to be replaced, existing owners will have a choice. I do second chance dispersals. That's something we could talk about another time. Yeah. Uh, I think another rule that should be put in there along with everything else that I don't have in mind, though, I guess I probably should, though I don't really have the kind of people. um, Tell in your bylaws that you replace teams that leave, that owners cannot do that. Um, I have been in a league or two where owners do it without telling (laughs) the commissioner, where they're just like, all right, I'm leaving this league, but I got this guy running my team. And then the commissioner's like, well, no, I'm going to kick that guy out and I'm going to find someone myself. So I think that, I mean, I don't have that in mind. If you want to put that in yours, I would be that commissioner. They'd be like, no, I mean, thanks, but all right. And I kick that person out and deal with that later. And then my last line is the, for the good of the league line. So, I mean, to me, mine is sort of bare bones. It really just going down all of the settings. I'm like, oh yes, my league involves that. Let me just tell you how I feel, you know, what's going on with that. That's, that's what my bylaws are. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, not a lot of fluff there, but I am curious. Like, is there how much of that do you feel like you absolutely have to have this before you can really start your league, before like before you can draft? And how much of it 
should you have? Like how much of it is like, Oh, I mean, the real should should is all of it. Um, but in reality, you don't need to have your playoff. I mean, as long as you have people with you that are willing to go on that ride, they need to know what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, tell people that this is all I have set up in the league. We're gonna fig- I'm going to figure out the rest. Don't say we, because that means they're going to have a part in it. Um, amount of teams, roster size, type of draft, type of dra- well, that's such tough wording. How you're going to get your teams <laughs> draft auction thing. I really think that's really it. It's starting lineups. Yeah. I mean, even some scoring, the rest of it, I think you need to figure out before your draft. Yeah. But I think it's fine to get people at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, to me, like, the the, the startup draft stuff, I don't think that you necessarily, it's not even necessarily a should to me. Um, I think it's, a, it's something that you could include. But I, what I will say, I guess, is where... Um, where I think it becomes important is so that you can replicate it later if you need to. Like yeah. I, I, because I mean it, like it, the reason why I say it doesn't, you don't necessarily need to put that in your, in your bylaws is because you know, that's two weeks out of the life of this dynasty league. That's and right. then, and, you know, it's, it's kind of at the very beginning and then it just kind of never happens again for that dynasty league. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I guess you don't have to have that in writing, but knowing the answer is right. I will only say because I know a few people who are hardcore no on specific, whether it be draft or auction. Mm -hmm. So knowing what you're doing before you're recruiting teams, I think, is the smart move. I guess it doesn't necessarily need to be in the bylaws in writing. So fair, that doesn't necessarily need to be there. But knowing the answer in your head of what you're going to do, because, yeah, I don't have we're doing a snake draft to start the league in my bylaws or anything. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But like in the in the vampire league, I did put it still in the in the league overview um, that you know this is how we do the startup. And again, like I, it's really just for my own purposes. Yeah. If I was going to start another vampire, yeah, well, I mean, exactly. Well, know. I mean, if you're going to give that, if someone says, "Hey, John, how did you create your vampire league?" You can be like, "Here you go. This is literally everything." So yep. like that's the difference between what you did and what I did. You literally put a blueprint for your league. Mine is just like my bylaws are literally just like here's a snapshot of everything. Yeah. Like here's here's how you play in the league, not here's how I set up the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, man, those are those are both almost equally important. I think, and <laughs> my uh, my my league overview is missing a lot of stuff, especially like how to how to play in the league. And and well, like you said, you yours aren't bylaws. That's not the point of what you wrote up. You, yeah. you really have a league overview of how the league is put together. So, I mean, like with our powers combined, we have a great document for a league, right? <laughs> exactly. And that's, I mean, honestly, that's a great way to wrap this up because, uh, you know, that's why the two of us got together to talk. <laughs> to we, we, we kind of found out that like there's a, there's, you, you put the two of us together in a lot of ways. And I mean, you, you find that sweet spot that we were talking about on a lot of different things. You get more complete line or uh, bylaws. You get, uh, you know, more active trading. You get more active. Perfect roster size. There you go. (laughs) Man, it's too bad that it doesn't work that way. If I were in far too many leagues, I'd say we'd have to end this series by creating this league. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I'm, man, I'm. That is like the ultimate, like, test subject right like this is what we're talking about we're going to try and figure out the perfect settings for this for a league and then we actually create it and see if it does become the perfect league yeah that would be so damn cool but man i don't have the patience for that (laughs) i know (laughs) i know (laughs) yeah and uh, man the the size of the leagues is still gonna throw me off a little bit but like that's that's the problem with perfection is it takes some compromise from those of us who are imperfect by nature <laughs> everybody <Okay>. exactly <laughs> all right russ dynasty outhouse from the trade addicts podcast and commissioner extraordinaire uh and uh like i said man i, I mean this is going to be an ongoing show for Superflex city uh we're we're going to be talking commissioner issues um uh, we'll talk about you know the the issues of the day we'll talk about um just kind of overall uh, you know, topics for helping you get started and running your league.
uh, once it started. But Russ, uh, I would love to have you as a staple on this thing, man. I'd love to to get you back it, as often as possible um, so that we can keep up with uh, with your thoughts on this stuff. Now, you know me, you asked me to put a microphone in front of my face. I'm going to do it. So anytime you anytime you want where my wife doesn't hate me for it, I'm here. Nice. Perfect. Yeah. Go uh, go rent one of those posh lofts downtown in Superflex City. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Hey, babe, I'm going to be podcasting. But look at this beautiful penthouse in yeah. Superflex City we have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Since we're imagining it, I mean, it's fully furnished. Yeah, there you go. Any, any, any decorating you want, baby, let's do it. Yep. Money's no object, literally. Yeah. <laughs> 27th floor, check out that view. Oof. It's it, Superflex City, I imagine, being like Springfield in uh, Back to the Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> Reference. As long as there's no actual uh, power plant, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there is. Um, but yeah, beyond like I have no idea where it's at. I don't know what this view is like but uh, it's, I, it's awesome. I can, I can tell you that much. So anyways, all right. Until next time, this meeting in the commissioner's office is adjourned. Right.